People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Hello and welcome to the realms of the supernatural. How the devil are you all? Hi, I'm Leo Solway and I'm joined today by returning host Andy. Maka. How you doing? I'm fine. I'm going good. 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 I'm going good, mate. Um, uh, obviously, I've got you out of retirement. For now, yeah. yeah. For now. But like I said, I've said before, Andy will be popping on from now and then. Yep. Uh, you know, as much as possible. So he's coming on today because I'm talking about a psychic yeah. uh, a medium and yeah. obviously with your experience and that so i thought it'd be interesting for to have you on and get your take on some of the things that i cover yeah okay um but just from the outside i want to say like i'm not particularly um convinced by all this mm. especially these types of ones where they're, they're doing it in front of an audience and all that kind of stuff you know for money and that uh, doing this this one has sort of, I'm not going to say changed my mind, but it's it's given me a lot of, to think about, like that. Okay, so what we're talking about, or what I'm talking about today, is Helen Duncan. Yeah. Okay, she was known by various names. She was named the Blitz Witch. Yep. And uh, Hellish Nell. Yep. Was another of her names. But basically, she was a psychic that was operating in wartime Britain. Victorian times. Right? Yeah, so... Like Victorian... Well... So she's you know. getting about a bit, and obviously there's a lot of people in Britain at that time who've got dead relatives from either war, mm. and um, let's just say business was booming. Okay? Well, I mean, I mean, in them days, I mean, psychics and talking to dead uh, was a parlour game. Yeah, uh, they was. I mean, you look at the Ouija board. <laughs> I mean, it was just just a game. Well, it was. A, I mean, there was a lot of people with. A, a lot, a lot of people in prominent positions, shall we say, who had a, who had an interest in this. It weren't, yeah. it weren't as taboo as it is now, kind of thing. No, I mean, you know, if you had, um, I mean, obviously with Helen Duncan, I mean, she was connected with even the prime minister of them days, and also distinguished, shall we say, distinguished uh, gentlemen and ladies as well, yeah, of high, who were high up in the, maybe government and so and so. Yeah, but she calls it. She calls it definitely a stare. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, at the end of this, uh, Churchill uh, is quoted as saying, "Like it was a you know waste of time." And I'll get into that. What what uh, actually was said? But um, Helen herself, then. Okay, so she was born in Perthshire in Scotland mm-hmm. in eighteen ninety seven. Okay, okay, and from an early age, she was known. Locally, as, as like gifted, mm. if that's the way you would say it, like her, she, she could, um, she was very good at sort of remote viewing, as yep. we would say today. Yeah. Uh, there's a case when she was a t- early teenager, uh, and a guy went missing, mm. and the police actually used her to help find this guy, and mm. she, she was uh, trudging around in the middle of nowhere, you know, up in the hills in Scotland. It was apparently freezing cold, and she just sat there and and just basically remote viewed mm. and said, right, he's in this particular 
location, and they went there, mm. and there he was. Yeah. And the same, without air on that day, that guy would have died. Mm. No doubt about it, because it was that cold. He had, I think he had a broken leg or whatever. He couldn't get himself out. So from an early age, she had this gift. But there's different types of sidekicks, okay? So there's there's the... Um, you know, the, the what we call psychic mediums, mm-hmm. which she was, but there's like the clairvoyants, clairvoyants. Uh, the people who kind of go on stage and do the, um, you know, is anybody, oh, I've got someone coming through and, you yep. know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, is this, does this mean anything to anyone? That kind of thing, mm. that clairvoyant. But what she was, she was in this rare, really rare um, group of psychics that were manis- manifestation psychics. Yeah, where they could manifest ether. Yeah, I'll explain that later. When yeah, the ectoplasm and this that. kind of stuff. Ectoplasm, which is um, actually ether. In um, ether is a energy, and it's also you know it is there. You got solid, liquid, and gas. And after that, you got ether. Now ether is invisible to us. Mm. Okay, it's invisible. Okay, to our, our physical eyes and whatever. But so, now and then, somebody can bring it through, and it will come as that substance. Through this vibration, yeah. We'll, we'll explain it later on. Yeah, well, in in air performances, if if you want mm. to use that word, she was able to conjure this stuff up. And, like we call it ectoplasm, don't we? Isn't yeah, it, in ectoplasm. Word? Yeah, and I think a lot of people have seen that the old psychic pictures with this ectoplasm coming yeah, out. Yeah, stuff coming out. It looks. And, it looks. Um, well, it's really gooey, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's made of paper mache. Or, yeah, that's um, it. Well, she was. I mean, they. A lot of people said she was uh, producing this stuff using cheesecloth. Mm. Um. But we're talking quantities of cheesecloth here, because if I mean, and this thing was extruded from the psychic's body, from anywhere from the the mouth, the nose, eyes, even yep. ears, yep. Or even under the fingernails, mm. this stuff could come out. Um, now the way she operated, she'd have maybe up to thirty people in a room. Some of the rooms were really crowded, like real. There was that many people that clambered to get in there. Yeah, you know the rooms would be absolutely crowded. But she'd have rows of chairs, and she'd sit off in the back corner, and they'd have like what they call a cupboard. Yeah. Okay, so this would be basically like a curtain pole put across the corner of the room, and she'd sit behind this curtain, mm. and the curtains would be drawn when she was in trance. Um, she used to operate with a little, quite dim red light. Mm. That was the only source of light. Yep. She believed that. Too much light, sunlight or anything, would kill the seance dead. Yeah. Um, and the spirits wouldn't be able to manifest. Mm. So you could only use this red light. Now, people who were there, who spoke about going to where seances, said that this red light took some getting used to. But once you got used to it, once your eyes adjusted, you could actually see the people in the, you know, two rows in front of you, two rows behind you. Could yeah. s- you could actually see, make out details. So it wasn't like it was... In darkness, you know, there was a bit of light there. When yep. you got used to it, you could see. So I want to make that clear because when you read up on this, it's like almost like they're trying to say that she was almost doing it in the dark, mm. trying to make out as if, um, and again, this is why it's like not changed my mind, but it's just a bit, uh, you know, it's, it, it's made me think about it a bit more because the skeptics who write up about this basically say she was operating in the dark and what she'd do, she'd have like a, a paper mache mask on a mm. stick yeah. and she'd just put that through the curtain and go, oh, hello, you know, yeah. like wave it around in yeah, people's yeah. faces. Yeah, yeah. So the people at the back couldn't see it, mm. but the people at the front could see it. And then obviously through the osmosis or whatever, they would say, oh, there's a ghost. And then the people at the back would leave the room, not seeing anything, mm. but telling all the friends, oh, she managed to conjure up this ghost because they because they were there. And they yep. said, that's kind of what the skeptics will try and tell mm. you happened. But that, that relies on the fact that the people at the front couldn't see 
that this was a face on a mask. That I'm going to tell you about a woman that was at a seance, actually at one of their seances, mm. and she's going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what she said yeah. she saw, right? And then we'll see if you think that's paper mache on a stick. Mm. Okay. So the way she used to operate, so she's got this room, she's got the red light, she's got the curtain, with the call like a psychic wardrobe um, mm. for, this, for these um, mediums to go inside there, a psychic cabinet. These cheesecloth would be prominent, so this would this would be the uh, ectoplasm she manifests would be like a cheesecloth material. Yeah, that's right. Or actually, I mean cheesecloth. Mm. But but so what? What essentially was what I'm saying here is what she gets. She get this piece of cloth. Okay, now cheesecloth is like um um if people haven't seen cheesecloth, it's kind of like what you make. You know, like bandage. Yeah. You know, like uh, not Plus bandage. Yeah, yeah. You, no, you know the um the, the sling. Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That material that we use for that. That's yeah. kind of cheesecloth. Yeah. Okay. So it's like a white material. Mm. It's not quite a bed sheet. It's quite, it's mm. quite um sparse. Yeah. But this this again, the skeptics say that she was um, regurgitating this. Okay. But in some of these seances, she was regurgitating. I mean, some of the ectoplasm was mm. the size of a bed sheet. Yeah. Now. That's a lot to regurgitate. Yeah. Okay. Um, but what this would eventually do is this this bed sheet would go up, this sheet of cheesecloth would go up, and then a face would come through it, like form through it. Yeah. You know, like if um, you, you know, like um, a shower curtain. You know, if you put a shower curtain yep. and then put your hands through it, yeah, the person on the other side could yeah. see the hands coming through, yep. and then you get out of the shower and there's no one there. You're like, oh, the fuck? But, yeah. but um, that's what had actually happened. This face would come through the cheesecloth. Yep. Now, people are saying, well, Obviously, maybe they might have had like accomplices doing it, that kind of thing. But again, when you when you read the accounts of the people that was mm. there, um, they actually say they recognised relatives. This yeah. wasn't just a f- generic face coming through. Mm. Um, they actually recognised relatives. So yeah, well, this is how um, the entities come through. They use the ether to come through. They, they, they you know, you, I've seen a few entities come through. I've seen the face, and I've seen my dad fall on. You know, everything, he looked like a hippie to me. He looked like he was 22, 23 years old, really hippie. Um, so that they, they use this substance to come in. Um, so you can, if you see them, you know, they're standing there, you know, that's, they're, they're there, but the ether is their body. Like wrapping well, around yeah. It's temporary, it's wrapping. Yeah, well, that's... You know, but you, if, you, if it was a, had a blank face, mm. you wouldn't recognise it. So imagine she's using, she's using this cheesecloth to aid them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, so they, they, they actually in, push themselves into push it. it and, and, they, 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 and they impress the that's, ether. That's the impression they, I get. Yeah. They, they impress then the ether of their, what they look like. Mm. And it'll just respond. You know, it's, it's all, it's like, you know, what is what is a medium? What is a medium? What is the word medium? A medium means um, a, it's a person operating, right, who's in the middle. You've got the spirit realm, yeah. right? And you've got, got this the world, living, right? Yeah. And you've got the person in the middle. Hmm. He's in the medium. He's in the middle. So he's a communicator for the spirit world to hear. Yeah. So he's operating. So he's bridging the gap. He's bridging the gap. Live, he's like, like a telephone. Yeah. You know, you, know yeah. you pick a telephone. He is actually. The know, cable. He hears yeah. it and he just relays the message. Well, that's a, that, so this yeah. is what Helen was actually analogy, doing. But yeah. she, she was on a different level, mm. I think, Helen. Well, there's only six in the world today, right? There's mm. only six manis- manifestation. Yeah. Psychics, yeah, um, in the world today, mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, whether they're all real or not is, you know, good. I'm going to start looking into some of these because I want to have a look at what they do and how yeah. they do it operate today. Yeah. But apparently, there's only six in the world today, so that tells you sort of how rare of a breed this is. Mm. Now, I'm not going to go as so far as to say that everything she did was genuine, 
Mm-hmm. Okay, because there's a lot of wiggle room in this for um, tricks. Yeah, tricks. Okay, but yeah. but when we get into some uh, some of the things that was done to her, like I'll, I'll give you them now, just because I think this is interesting. Before we get into the story, which I'm actually gonna give mm. you the reason why yeah. we're talking about this is is because it, it culminates in the she it, she actually gets done for witchcraft mm. and she gets taken to court for it, but. Before we get to that, I want to give you a sense of what she did and how she did it, and where you can you can almost see the flaws. But some of these things, some of these aspects, you can. It's difficult to say it's just bullshit. <coughs> okay, so you got the dark room. You got the people sat in, in rows of chairs. They paid twelve shillings to come in, which is like the equivalent now of like twenty-one pound or something like that. So it's, that's a ticket, you know. Yeah. Uh, and remember, she travelled. I mean, this was wartime Britain. This this was. Um, you know, everybody knew someone who died, basically. Yeah. So there was a lot of people who, who were interested in this. And if a psychic was coming to town, you'd go. This yeah. would be like the biggest show in oh, town. Yeah, that's what and they, yeah. she was almost a minor celebrity mm. in them days. People yeah. travel miles to go and see her. Mm. Now, she operated mainly in Edinburgh, mainly in Scotland. But she would often travel to Nottingham, Derby, yep. Portsmouth is where she got uh, caught at there as well. So... She'd travel to all these places. Now, I remember Portsmouth, South Coast, was getting bombed the shit yeah. out of, right? Or potentially, could you know Hitler could land any minute yeah. on, on Portsmouth Dock, yeah? So, but she traveled there, you know? She was, she went anywhere. You know, where the people wanted her, she went. So, she's in that room, got the chairs, got 20 to 30 people in there. You've got this red light. She's behind a curtain in the corner. And what she would do, she would conjure up yeah, spirit guides, mm. okay? They would be the ones... Uh, there was a guy called Albert who come through, like an oldish man, yep. and he would be the master of cer- ceremony. Hmm. Is what the title he'd give himself. He would be the master of ceremony, and he would, she would sit there in a trance, um, and he would lead proceedings. Okay, hmm. there was another little girl that used to come through by the name of Peggy, and she was a five-year-old girl that had passed, and she'd come through quite often, and not just in Edinburgh, in various different places. These yeah. guys would come through, but mostly it was. Um, Mostly, it was Albert who right. would lead the okay. ceremony. Okay. He, he but he weren't the, the only. The he weren't the only yeah, spirit yeah. guy. Okay. Well, you've got more than you can have more than one anyway, and obviously, you know, you you can have one, two, or three, and then sometimes, you know, if he, if he was leading the proceedings, obviously, you do have a doorman as well. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you know, you got to watch out what what's coming through. So, especially with the numbers, but I thought Helen Duncan was not unique. There's been more since, but um, I think she, what do you, what do you, keep, what do you call them, Lee? Um, a pioneer. Yeah. That's right, wouldn't it? Who, who who brought it forward? You know, she was the first, I think she was a pioneer uh, in this field. Um, yeah, because she was the first sort of well-known one. Everybody sort yeah, of got to know right. she after was. Her, there was like, Especially through. after the trial, yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. But um, the, the, the trial did a good job of... Um, like so we say defaming her, the, the trial did a good job of um, propaganda, if you mm. like, against yeah. her. And then everyone after that thought she was a fraud, mm. okay, because the trial ruled she, she was. But we'll get into the trial. So, he'll take you back to, this is Edinburgh, um, this is on the 25th of May, okay, this is in the Edinburgh Spiritual Church, Spiritualist okay. Church, okay. Yeah. There was a, a seance taking place there and she was leading it. During the events of this seance, which is, by all accounts, just an ordinary seance, you know, she's getting through all these different names and some spirits are manifesting. Yep. At some point in this seance, 
Albert, the spirit guide, says, I've got some bad news for everybody in the room. He says, I've got 1,400 men with me now, newly departed to the spirit world, um, from a English ship, warship, battle cruiser that's been destroyed, Ooh. and all men have been lost. And everybody's, you can imagine, you know, oh, what's all this about? But as luck would have it, or not, in the room that day, there was intelligence officer for the for the Navy, right. a guy called Firebrace, Ooh. okay? And Sergeant Firebrace, and he was, he was really into the, the cycle. He was actually a member of the cycle society in Scotland. Okay. So he was into all this, and the, he was there just... Um, passing the time, you know, it was, he'd love to go to these things. And just by happenstance, he was there when this message came through. Now, he's naval intelligence, right? So he's got a cryptid line to yep. London, okay? So he comes straight out of this seance, straight down to his office and rings uh, and says, I've just heard that a ship's gone down. Um, and they said, no, there's no, no reports of that. Um, and he says, well, I've just heard from a psychic. No, no, there's absolutely... No chance, you know, it's not happened. Mm. And he sort of left there, you know, a little bit relieved and um, wondering if she was just, you know, making it up. Yeah. Okay. So he goes back to his office, carries on his duties. This is two days later now. He gets a phone call. Okay. On the cryptid Mm. line again. And he's a receptionist, puts him through. And he gets on the line and they they say to him... "Um, you know, the other day when you rung up and he said, yeah, yeah. And he says, where did you hear that information? And he says, oh, so this seance and uh, this this lady called Helen Duncan, the psychic, told told us uh, this information. But it didn't happen because you told mm. me, didn't you? And they said, well, actually, the day before it happened, at exactly the same time as the science was taking place, more or less, the uh, HMS Hood was destroyed. Mm. Okay, in the battle with, um, it's a famous battle with the Bismarck. Yeah, and yeah. it was a smaller ship that actually, well, I think it was a smaller ship that sunk the hood. Uh, it managed to hit the magazine um, case, if you like, on the ship and destroy the ship. Just right. blew up. Uh, it killed, actually killed uh, 1,418 men, I think. There was only three that survived um, from the, on the actual ship. So when this guy come through, he'd said 1,400. I've got 1,400 here plus departed souls Ooh. from the ship, which is, that's a big ship. You know, this was a battle cruiser. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Firebrace gets this message now that this happened. Mm. You know, he was at this seance. She told him, and he rung them, and they didn't even know this had happened. When he rung them, he didn't even know. Mm. And um, obviously, at that point, he's alarmed by this, okay? Because this is wartime, mm. and you can't go around, <coughs> you can't go around divulging information like this. Because you don't know who's listening. Obviously, he was there yeah. this day. This could have been a spy or anything. Now, why a spy be going to the psychic? Uh, you know. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was Espinage, the this, yeah. This was going through his yeah, head. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. he actually writes a letter, and the, and his daughter, uh, he's still got the letter, mm. and he writes this letter basically telling uh, the British establishment, if you like, to keep an eye on her, mm. keep an eye on Ellen Duncan, because she's just relayed this information. She could could, could relay information that's classified. Mm. Now, this information wasn't classified at the time. It was just, it wasn't known, mm. okay? Um, now, they did keep it under wraps for a little bit longer after this had happened, but um, it wasn't going to be classified, okay? This was, but she, they didn't know that at the time. Right. But she'd mentioned it. So, at this point, it's fair to say the establishment, right, those yep. in the know, were keeping an eye on Helen, right? 
and let's just say there was somebody from intelligence at most of her seances after this, just listening to what she came out with. Yeah. Um, although they still thought it was a load of crap, they couldn't risk it. Okay. Okay, so now we go forward to 1942. Okay. Okay, and this is January. She's doing a gig down in Portsmouth. Again, mm. like I told you before, yep. this is this is here, but I mean, Hitler could land any minute, but she still goes to where the people wanted to go to. So she's doing this little uh, show up above this old chemist shop yep. in a little flat upstairs. It's just a regular shop on a regular street, and upstairs they've got a little room like a living room and that's where she's doing the show so there's up, there's tw- up to 30 people crammed in this little room I mean it's smaller than it's smaller than this room yeah. we're in now um, and again she's doing the old thing and um, halfway through proceedings Albert again steps forward the spirit guide and he says I'm sorry to inform you that um, I've got another ship has been destroyed mm. british ship and i've got 800 new newly departed souls with me mm. uh, from this ship and one of them stepped forward at the time and he gave his name as sydney mm. or sid okay now somebody in the second row recognized him and it was their son sydney on the h and, it, and actually the people could say that on his hat because you know the old naval hats, the flat caps with the the band round the yep. front. Well, actually said HMS Barham on the top, on his hat, mm. and people in the f- first few rows could see it. Mm. And this woman, uh, oh, what you know? And she went into sh- like sure. meltdown because this yeah, is their absolutely. son. Yeah, absolutely. And he said, um, you know, something along the lines of, um, "The ship's gone down, uh, but I'm in a better place now." Yeah, you know, yeah. and all that. And she was, you know, shocked to see her son at this seance coming through this cheesecloth. This, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so she reported again that 800 men had gone down in the sinking of this ship. Now, this was January of 42. The ship had actually gone down in November the previous year, but it had been the information had been withheld. Ah, wow, okay, okay, because this particular ship was patrolling the North Sea, mm. um, which is basically off the coast of Britain. So they didn't want people to know, right, that this had gone down... Um, too close to home, if you know mm, what I mean. So yeah. that they didn't didn't release the information. Now there is some um, reason to believe that some of the family members did know. They had been, they're letting people know, mm. uh, but told them to keep it you know definitely definitely quiet. You don't this is a top secret thing. Uh, so obviously there is some speculation as to whether she already knew this information mm. and was just regurg- you know, recanting it. But um, but then you've got to explain how this person came through. For the, you know, yeah, for and, ether and. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he gave him, he gave his uh, class, he gave his class as a petty officer, um, blah, and, uh, and all the rest of it. And through traceability on the ship, he, there was a petty officer named Sydney. Mm. His man was there, and all the rest of it. So this, this was not, um, this was one hundred percent accurate. Yeah. The person on the ship yeah. and all the rest of it. So whether that makes it real or not, yeah, I'll leave it up to debate. But at this, obviously, this time, then the then the establishment's really keeping an eye on. Okay. And then this brings us forward to, uh, well, a couple. Of years, the letter carry on for a couple of years. Remember, she was mainly up, operating in Scotland. Then she'd mm. come back into England every now and again. But again, she's doing another seance in 1944 uh, in January again in Portsmouth. And at this time, she's arrested. Right on what charge? 
Uh, well, she was initially arrested for vagrancy, which is like, um, I think it's like an old charge for like taking money off people, uh, newly uh, like do, um, grieving people, that kind of stuff. Ah, right. Okay. okay so uh, that's kind of what she was initially charged with. But later, that some people in her family believe she was charged with espionage at that point. Okay. Uh, but obviously, they had no evidence yeah, of yeah. that. So they they changed changed the um, changed the um, charge. charge to conjuring, uh, basically witchcraft. So um, yeah. Well, so she wasn't the last person to be tried of witchcraft. Yeah. But she was the last person to be tried and convicted of witchcraft. Mm. Okay. So this is 1944. But there's reasons why. Okay. Okay. So the, the person that saw her was a guy called Rupert Cross. Now he'd seen her before, mm. right? Now Rupert Cross was a police officer who was also part of the intelligence agency, okay? Right. So you got to bear that in mind. I think he was at this seance because of his role, mm. right? Not the way he tries to portray it in court was that he was there on the off chance. Yeah. It was all it was all yeah. coincidence, but I think he was there, and he was actually quoted as saying, um, "When he saw this big fat Scottish woman prancing around with a bedsheet, he knew it was his job to to bring her to justice." Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I think that's. I mean, you tell me anybody's been accused of witchcraft to have a fair trial. Well, <laughs> never been a fair trial, is it? It's always been set up. Well, I'll get, you know, yeah, yeah, I'll get into the trial because yeah, yeah, it's uh, definitely interesting. So he goes along to this seance, and he, in in his words in court, right? He talked. He talked about this is Stanley Worth. Um, so Robert Cross seen it initially and he said it was his job to bring her to justice and he sends in two officers stanley worth and arthur west <coughs> to watch this now they said they weren't sent there they were just off duty and uh, they happened to go along to yeah, the spooks yeah. you know yeah, as you do yeah, for a lad's yeah, night yeah. out yeah, you do, yeah. even though they paid uh, i think it was 12 shillings each which mm. is again is like the equivalent of 20 quid so it's not something you go along to for a laugh is it no, isn't, no. but that's what they said there was there for the, it was there for the crack it was a uh, a good night out at the spooks and all the yep, rest of it. Yep. So they're there and they're waiting. And, and what their job was to do, although you know they didn't admit to this, their job was to um, grab when she brought that bed sheet out. <coughs> um, their job was to grab it, okay? okay, and then keep it. And obviously that would be evidence in a trial. Yeah, that was their job. So they were they were sat on the second row. So this is um, Arthur West and. Stanley Worth, okay. So the performance is going on. Albert's doing his thing. Then the bed sheet comes out and there's these faces. And the woman right. in the second row recognised the person. She's saying, oh, that's me dad and whatever. And she's having a conversation with it. And, th- and this person's saying to this uh, woman, I'm in a better place. You know, take care of uh, yeah. such and such and, and all that. And while that's going on, the whistle rings out. And this uh, Stanley Worth had whistled. And then all the police come barging him. So they're waiting outside. Okay? Ah, right. So it's, again, it's a raid as yeah. well. Is it? So it is okay. a raid. It's but, a raid, isn't it? But in yeah. court, he tried to make out it was just he was there on the off chance and blah blah blah. Yeah, which right. is yeah, okay, then. So, so why was all he, these? How did he know who was behind the door? Then? Yeah, and why were all these police waiting behind yeah, the door? Yeah, so yeah. Raid, he, he blows a whistle, <coughs> and he meant to grab this uh, grab this bed sheet, and he's meant to have it. Okay, but it comes out in. In court, she gets taken to the Old Bailey for this, okay? Mm. So this is serious shit, right? And if she gets convicted, she can get a maximum sentence of nine months. Right. Um, that was the charge at the time. 
she could actually be charged. Originally, they was trying to charge her with espionage, which was yeah. punishable by death. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. obviously with the spy, wartime and all that. Yeah, so, um, like I say, they lowered that to uh, this witchcraft uh, nonsense. But he was asked in court what happened to his bedsheet. Okay, mm. so he's grabbed it, second row. And they basically said, we don't know what happened to it. Um, we grabbed it and it was here and then it wasn't here and maybe someone hid it. But everyone was searched who left the room. Ooh. And the room was totally searched, fingertip searched. And no one found this bed sheet. This is not a handkerchief. No. This is a fucking bed sheet. Okay. Ooh. And it was never found. It would be, would it? So she's gone to court, Ooh. charged with these charges. And they're saying, well, she used this bed sheet to, you know, these masks and all the rest of it. But there's no evidence. Mm. There's literally no evidence. This so how did she get convicted? There's no conviction. There. Well, been thrown out. It would, these days, it would have been thrown out of court and laughed at, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, it said that Harry Price, oh, who was um, a paranormal researcher at the time, wasn't he? Yeah. We covered him in the Bolly Retro yeah, episode, we did, yeah, didn't yeah, we? Bally, yeah, like Bolly that much, he bought it. Yeah, because he was one of these people who was into this stuff, yeah. but really wanted evidence of it, didn't he? He wanted... Yeah. Um, and he actually did some trials uh, with Helen... Back in 1931, I think it was, he actually paid a a good sum of money to come and uh, to come and do a, a séance for him yeah. at his um, house or whatever. I think it was, uh, I think it was actually wherever he was working at the time, a university or something. But he took her there and performed these things on her, and she was doing alright in these tests. Okay, she was perform, she was doing the ectoplasm thing and all the rest of it, and he he actually had her searched. Mm. He were actually searched before. Before um, he'd carrying out these tests, so yeah. he, that even meant getting in a nurse. Now she had her own nurse. Uh, Helen had her own nurse uh, who would come to these shows, mm. and what she'd do, she she pick some members of the public, female members of the public, from the audience, and say, "Right, come backstage. We're going to show you that she's not got anything concealed on her body." Yeah, and this would mean internal examination as well of every orifice. Yeah, okay, so. She would actually stick her fingers in there mm. to prove there was no bed sheet yeah. in uh, in her holes. Mm. Um, well, that's not a pretty, no, no, pretty no, way of no, saying no, it, is no, it? No, I could, no, I should, no. It would be better off just saying ass, wouldn't it? <laughs> her ass yeah. and uh, other orifices, should we say. But yeah, she stuck her fingers in. I don't know which order she did it in, but I'm presuming she did the mouth first. But anyway, um, obviously, two members of the public were there watching this go on, and they could see that there was no bed sheets in there. And obviously, mm. she stripped naked. This yeah. is in front of two members of the public. I walked in there. She's backstage, completely naked. Now, I should point out she was 17 stone. Yeah. Okay, so, you know. She's a big girl. Yeah, so from a modesty angle. She won't bother. She won't bother. You know, she was, she was, she would even do this, even though she's 17 stone, she's still doing this to prove yeah. to her audience yeah. that she's, not concealing anything, Correct. which yeah. I think you've got to give her a lot of credit for that. Yeah, okay. obviously she knew that what 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 we are today husband is a spacesuit, mm. right? What the body you've got, but obviously well, she she was working for Spirit. Yeah, that was it. <clears throat> well, she did a mission to uh, bring truth through to people. Mm. And say, look, you know, when we die, we're okay. Well, you're going to a better place. She'd do this, and then after being searched, she'd be Ooh. sewn into her garments. The, the garments would actually be put on her, and then, if you like, they had like a lace at the back, and ah, she'd actually right. be laced into it. So, okay. she was, so she couldn't get anything in it at that point. Yeah. And then she'd be led out in front of the witnesses. She'd be led out into the room. So they've just checked her, all her holes, um, orifices, I should say. Yeah. And uh, she's sewn into this garment, and she's taken into the room with yep. them watching her. 
So there's no way she can get... Now, he can't rule out accomplices in the room giving it to her, but um, most people say she was just in, in the cupboard. She wasn't in the cupboard completely. I mean, the cupboard... Why I say cupboard, it's, it's literally a curtain rail across the corner of the room, mm. just a curtain she's behind there. So it's yeah. not like anyone's hiding behind there. Mm. Um, But she went to them lengths. Now, when Harry Price was examining her and testing her... Yeah. He did the same things. He had a nurse checker and all the rest of it. And there was one particular occasion where he felt he completely decided she was a fraud. Uh, and that was because he asked her, he brought, he did the same setup as what he always does. I had a check and all the rest of it. Yep. Brought her into the room, sat her down and said to her, you ready to start the uh, seance? And then he wheeled in um, some sort of x-ray machine. And as soon as she seen it, she said, what's that? And he said, it's an x-ray machine. And she said, apparently she just went into a rage her husband was trying to calm her down. She clocked him, clocked her husband, knocked him out, uh, went after another bloke in there. You know what I mean? She was a 17 stone woman, you know, and um, she clocked this other guy um, and then she just stormed off into the street and apparently she ripped off all her garments in the street. She was clinging to these railings completely naked Ooh. and uh, screaming that she was, um, you know, being, um, not abused, but she was being... Victimised. Yeah, victimised or... or you know, yeah. just not believe. Basically, she was just unhappy with the whole situation because she'd been putting herself through these tests and all this, doing everything he'd asked mm. her to do, and she was proving time and time again, to her mind, she was proving that mm. she wasn't bullshitting. This was real, mm. and, then, and then he keeps bringing on all these different things, almost to, you know, keep ch- testing. What her. would an X-ray machine do anyway? Well, you think that she was concealing this ecto- this bedsheet well, in her? Then, in my mind, I'd say bring it on because yeah. it would have proved that. <clears throat> well. That's what Price said. Yeah. Price said, well, well that was an easy way for her to prove, but but she she would say, mm. and, you know, playing devil advocate, yeah. she would say she was just fed up with the, these checks and and not being believed that she just couldn't handle it anymore. Now, she stormed out into the street, stripped off all her garments, her husband tried, you know, eventually recovered and mm. tried to calm her down again. Yeah. And then was, she was led back in, uh, screaming and shouting, but she was led back in the room and calmed down. And at that point, Harry Price turned to her husband and asked, him to turn out his pockets. Mm. He believed that in the street she'd passed whatever she had on her to him. Ah, got you. Okay. okay. Yep. So she wheeled back in and she said, "Okay, if you want to do the X-ray, I'll, I'll you know." Well, I'll she, lay agreed down. That, she, she agreed. Right, then. Okay. But then he said to her husband, "All right, you turn out your pockets," and he refused. Right. At that point, refused. Now, whether that was just because she had, so he had to. Do you know what I mean? And she just clocked him. Remember, but um, so what was he concealing his pocket? Well. It's not a bed sheet, is it? No, no, no. But what would he... I mean, you have an x-ray machine. I mean, what would it pick up? Yeah, so that's another thing. Would would the x-ray have been able to pick up the cheesecloth in there? I mean, yeah, probably would. I mean, it's that... Well, de- did, it would have been... Have the bo- what, 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 what would she have in the body that would... Um, that pick up? Why, what, what well, this is the thing. I mean, yeah. she was only... When she was doing these... Manis- 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 Manifestation. That's the one. Yeah. When she was doing that... Manifest. Them, yeah, when she was manifesting these... Um, um, beings, these spirits... Entities. She yeah. was used like this cheesecloth. So that's what... And that was apparently materialising out of thin air. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a therapy um, substance, so actually. That's what he thought she was concealing. Yeah. But anyway... Um, I'm going. I'm going to tell you a story of someone that was at the séance, but okay. I'm going to tell you the trial first, and then we'll yep. get into that. So Harry Price basically, um, let's say, um, directed the jury, yep. right? The jury where and what to 
do and ask and say and all mm. this. Although he wasn't part of the trial, but yeah. he was there because he'd done these tests on her. He was there and he wanted to see her convicted and all this. But and he was basically telling the the jury what to do. Now here, barrister, if you like, said, "Let's do." The only way we can establish this once and for all is we'll do a seance in this courtroom. Mm. This is court number one at the Old Bailey. We'll do, we'll do a seance and then I'll prove it either way. Mm. Okay. And he asked the judge and the judge went, well, I'm not sure we can do that. And he asked the jury and obviously the jury, uh, the foreman and the jury actually returned a no, no to that. Now, remember, Harry Price is conducting them backstage what to do and all mm. this, but... If you remember that jury, right, and you've got something in front of you... Now, I know that most people that was in the jury wouldn't believe that this was even possible anyway. Yep. And most people would go there with a pre-notion. Like today, if you picked, if you picked, I don't know, 20, 30 people at random now, most people would think it was all a load of bollocks. Okay? Yeah. So it, whether it was a preconceived idea on the jury's notion anyway, that they mm. weren't going to waste any more time on this because there's a war going on yeah, and all the rest of it. Absolutely. Th- that they just to return the no-vid, or whether it was Price directing them... But surely, if you're, or whether the whether the verdict was, um, let's just say, whether the count was um, changed, mm. maybe the juries did actually want to see this, but the count that was given to the foreman was, let's just say, the wrong one. Yeah. Just to make sure it didn't happen, because the, I mean, can you imagine if she'd gone, if she'd come to court, done a séance, and um, this had happened in court mm. you know she's there sat naked and this this conjures up and they're like what you know she's been in a cell for and at that point she'd been in a cell for nearly a month mm. so it's not like she's had access to this stuff in there there you go but they decided not to which I think is a not a miscarriage well it is a miscarriage of justice because if you're presented in court and you've got something that can clear your name mm. right you have to produce it and you are not allowed to produce it no, that's no, a miscarriage of justice yeah, surely then that's not that's not you know, that's what it's for. That's what court's for. That's what it's for, to yeah. clear your name. So, so you just bring up the evidence. If you've got some evidence to say, well, this will clear my name, then you have to produce it. Well, there you go. So they was, they said no. So, you know, now, why? Again, why? Well, I know why, but you know why. But, yeah, so they didn't do it, and yeah. she was convicted. Right. Okay, and she she was led away from from the dock, basically saying something like, yeah, I've never heard so much lees in all my life. You know what I mean? And she's just t- taken away. Um, but it was, it was just basically lie after lie after lie yeah. about her. Now, I'm not saying that she was wrongly convicted. I, I don't know. I mean, I, whether she could do this or couldn't do that. I mean, as I'm looking through the stories mm. that, and the people's testimony that were there, um, it sounds very much like she, she was genuine, yeah. but, but you know, you know, if you look at it, you know, was she, was she producing the ectoplasm or ether? Or was it some that you know uh, another force that was doing that? Well, I'm you remember because go- she was in a trance, so yeah. she wasn't conscious. No, she was literally out of it. Yeah, just just sat in the chair, sparkle if you like. She had um, she'd often she'd often perform with her hands tied. Yeah, and a blindfold on as well. Yeah, not always, but because she was behind a curtain anyway, mm. so it wouldn't matter if she had you know, if she had a blindfold. If she was behind a curtain, she could take a blindfold off, couldn't she? So, mm. but she yeah, it's not really relevant. But she did perform like that mm. um but yeah so the question is why why was this trial conducted and why was she subsequently convicted mm. without being able to produce any evidence in court mm. to uh, back up her claim now when you look into this in november 1943 
there was training taking place for a, a dual operation that would be launched in Normandy, which mm. obviously became known as Dun- uh, Dunkirk. Uh, yeah, D-Day. D-Day. Okay. But the, op- the actual operation tra- training for this started in November 1943. Yeah. Okay. But the landings themselves didn't take place till June 6, 1944. Mm. Okay. Okay. But in 43, during one of these exercises, they actually built indoors they actually built like a replica village um where they was going to land there and you know these amphibious craft that they had these landing craft with, yeah. the, with the thing at the front that drops down and you mm. can the troops can go off well one of those actually sank mm. as it was trying out this operation and i think it was nearly 100 blokes on there actually perished drowned so each one of those ghosts spirits if we believe Ages, such things yeah. knew the information of what was going to happen in june yeah okay so this is why she was taken down mm. before, you know, so they didn't want air to, to leak this information. Yeah. So the, they had this trial, they put her away, uh, convicted her, and she was actually convicted for um, conjuring, or pretending to conjure up spirits of peace and persons uh, deceased. Yeah. Basically taking money from people. Yeah. Um, you know, because everyone that goes to these things has lost someone and they're all grief-stricken and they're all wanting answers and that. And basically, they the, the could be seen as easy targets. Yeah. So that's what she was convicted for. But really, she was actually, I think, she was taken down by the intelligence service mm. so she didn't leak information. Because if she'd come out and said, uh, this guy's just died, he was doing this operation um, that was going to land in Normandy mm. in 40... You know what I mean? Yeah, Because yeah. you got to remember, at the time... We were planting information, and Ian Fleming was involved. The guy, who, uh, James Bond. James Bond. Yeah, he yeah. was involved in planting information, actually putting like notes in dead soldiers' pockets and leaving them all around Europe and mm. that for the Germans to find and say, "Oh, look what's going to happen." Mm. Uh, you know, and, and but so there was doing these espionage things to get them to get the Germans off the scent already so yeah. now she comes out and tells mm. this information you can see the issue so she was actually convicted and then she was let out so obviously that happened in June she was actually let out in September mm. so after it had all been done and dusted yeah. she was let out you know what I mean and she didn't serve the full sentence which she'd never do anyway well no because she'd been on remand so she'd lost a bit off the time well, you know? again look at that it's not it's not, it's not a criminal offence what she did was it yeah well it was but well, it's not it's not it's, no it was one of those not espionage was it it was not spying it was not no I mean that's a well, the Witchcraft Act, as it was then, was basically on the books because yeah. they couldn't get enough MPs together to repeal it. So yeah. that's the only reason it was on the books anyway. Yeah. I think this is one of the cases, not the only one, but there was another one as well. But this is one of the cases that mm. actually led to that being taken off the books. Yeah. So it's not a case anymore. Mm. But it was it was a good little thing for them to use. Mm. Although Winston Churchill himself, I don't think he was privy to what the information um, that they was that they was trying to keep from her, if you know mm. what I mean. And he actually said there was a total waste of money. You know, bringing someone to trial on these sort of charges is just a total waste of money, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I guess they didn't tell him, yeah, but if she leaks a secret, you know what I mean? So um, there's a, a testimony here. Now, there was a couple of people who were at court. Some of them didn't get to speak in their mm. defence, okay? Well, obviously not, though. Uh, there was one called Kathleen McNeil, who was a Glaswegian woman, uh, she was. She told that she'd been to a few of the seances, mm. and at one, her sister had appeared. Now, her sister had died some few hours previous to going to the seance. 
So this is, I mean, it's not like now. It's not the age of the internet and all the rest of it. This information... You wouldn't, you wouldn't know. No one would know. You know no. what I mean? But she was told by Albert, the, the spirit guide, mm. that he was there with her sister, just passed over, and she was fine and all the rest of it. And so this kept her hooked. This got her hooked down. Mm. And she kept going back to seance. Every time uh, Duncan was in town, right. okay. she'd go and see her. And later on, in one of the um, subsequent seances, she actually saw a father and she said a father came stro- strode out of the what the cabinet which she was sat in the corner mm. he strode out within six feet of her and said right, i'm here last you know whatever mm. and uh and how you doing all the rest of it and she said how are you getting on daddy and she actually remarked that he still had a single eye yeah that's memory That'd so memory. yeah so when he passed he had a single eye yeah and so when he came see. now if this was just a forgery um some mask that they made mm. and blah 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 even if they'd only die, would they have only had one eye? There you go. He'll bring that back as a say, look, you know, I'm, I, I am real. Yeah. Because I, when I passed, I had one eye. There was another guy, Alfred Dodd, who didn't get to um, speak. And he was an academic. Mm. He worked. He was a playwright and stuff like that. And he'd been to many of the seances between 1932 and 1940. And he actually, in one of the sittings, actually saw his grandfather uh, materialise mm. in front of him. Again, he walked up to him and he said he was a tall um, man, bronze in the face, smoking cap mm-hmm. on. His hair was dressed in the customary donkey fringe that he always wore yep. when he was alive. Um, he said he actually spoke to him for a bit and he was that stunned by what was going on. The ghost, his grandfather, actually turned to his mate, Tom, that was sat next to him, and said to him, Look into my face and my eyes. Ask Alfred, when he gets home, to show you a portrait of me, and you'll see it's the same man. Mm. So that's the ghost saying to the to the um, friend, he's that shocked, that's Alfred, so shocked, that the ghost actually turns to his mate and says, when you get home, you'll get him to show you a picture of me, and yeah. you'll, you'll see it's me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, the, that's the sort of... The, the, likeness that we're talking about mm. now when we talk if we look at these photographs and again i'll post them to our facebook page go and have a look at them of helen duncan and the the photographs you'll see that these things like paper mache fucking things anything and they've got coat hanger um yeah, shoulders yeah, and that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. those were staged photographs to show what happens in a seance they're mm. not actual photographs from the seance yeah she wouldn't have take photographs taken in the seance no because she thought it would ruin now, obviously, skeptics can say, and it, I mean, it's very easy just to argue, argue that she didn't want any photos taken in there because it was bullshit. But she would say that it would ruin the the, the uh, atmosphere. Yeah. So she didn't have pictures. But these were stage photographs that were taken to show what happened. But there's a woman here, Denise Airedale, I think, and as they say it, and she was actually able to go, attend one of these uh, seances. I think she was in her twenties when she actually went, and. She reports the same situation. We're all sat in the rows of chairs, yep. and the cabinet. She goes in the cabinet, and she's uh, all strapped in, and all the rest of it. The cabinet's closed, and she said, within minutes, she's in a trance, and this um, ectoplasm. She actually says she saw it. It's the remember, it's a red light, but she saw this ectoplasm coming across the ground like a snake, mm. slivering towards her. Then it went up in the air, and then a face appeared mm. in it. So you got this thing going up, and then a face appears right. Within within the first two rows, yep. and she was sat there, and she looked across, and she said, as she's looking at this face materializing, this piece of ectoplasm just came out of nowhere, and bloop, straight on its face, and formed a mustache, mm. like it literally went bloop, on its face yeah, like that, and yeah. just formed. And she, scene, isn't it? and she said she went a mustache like yeah. that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the ghost sort of looked at, it, or the spirit sort of looked at, it as if to say, 
Is that all you can say? A fucking mustache, you know what I mean? And then somebody recognised this thing, this person, and obviously spoke to her and it spoke back. Yeah. And she said, she said, it was that clear in her mind. Because people try and make out, like I told you before, Ooh. it's so dark and all the rest of it, you can't see anything. And people in the back row just think something's happened because they hear people in the front row. Well, she said it was, this face was so clear. If yeah. she saw him in the street, she'd recognise him. Yeah. Like she'd recognise, uh, say you or me Ooh. or whatever. She, that's how clear this was. But what she reports, which I thought was really interesting, she said, not only did you get the the visual, this thing popping up, she actually got smells, which yeah, is not reported in a lot of these yeah. uh, lot of these cases. She said the room filled with yeah, smell it will do. It will do. of, um, and she re- describes the smell being of semen. Um, you know, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously so that's a memory coming through. Yeah, being... but she said the room filled with this this room of semen, which is. Uh, yeah. it's, it's it's pungent isn't it? yeah it's, it's a really, difficult smell to yeah, it is, but, to to but uh, you know well i'm not being coarse but yeah if know. you smell it you smell yeah you know yeah. um if you get a pay um, in in the uk we do um these chris called monster munch yeah 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 and they come in three different flavors uh one of them's flaming hot flavor and if you smell if you smell that smells like it i don't know I, yeah. I don't eat so that, those so. who aren't smelt it <laughs> go, yeah, and, go and smell some monster yeah, munch and you'll yeah. get that smell i can't eat them knowing that i know, don't because i can't eat them. yeah anyway um, I don't think they taste like it, but I'm not sure what that tastes mm, like. No, but, no, no, no. Um, I don't know. But we're getting well, into again, uh, it's, it's same getting off the subject. You know, if, anyway, if let me just finish yeah, this. So on, she on. smells this smell. She sees his face, and after this finished spirit uh, finished talking, yeah. she said the ectoplasm actually recoil like recoil back along the floor yeah. and back under the cap yeah. under the under the curtain. So. Does that sound like someone operating that with like sticks? No, 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 no. That's uh, what I mean. Uh, Helen Duncan, she was the battery. You know, she was the one who made it happen. Even though she was in a trance, they, she was used as a battery. Yeah. The air power, air, air solar plexus, air, air energy, they used that to manifest the ether or plasticine or what cheesecloth, what you call it. It's a theric substance to bring it into this frequency, this life. Uh, and obviously then the, the spirit can then, then impress on the etheric substance, impress his looks. Yeah. His memories. That's that's the way it reads. That, that's yeah. what it is. That's what it is. You know, like I don't. I mean, many times, I, I, you must have sometimes. You go in a room and you, you you're doing some work, and all of a sudden, oh, you smell fags. Yeah. But you don't smoke. It also, it comes in. It's oh, all cigar. Well, no one's been in the room. No one's in the mm. room with you. No one smoked in your house. So why all of a sudden does it? Because you know what happens is spirit comes in a room. Like my dad do. Or my, you ask my wife. As many times I'm at work, and the wife will ring up. Right, get your dad out here. He's in my bedroom. Why? What's up? Stinks of fags, and she says, "I can, I can, it just stinks of yeah." You know, mm. so when he comes in, he still got mem- he still smokes, so he he impresses then um, himself, and he brings back what used to smoke fags. It could be a, a, um, a, your grandmother, your nana. What happens with that? It's flowers, isn't it? Yeah. Roses, well, flowers. Get a lot of, yeah, that perfume. Sort of perfume smell. Yeah, so it comes with them. Yeah, I mean, I that ghost I used to have in my house. I've told you before, but it, mm. it used to smell like trash. Um, a really, really pungent, just disgusting smell. Mm. Um, you walk in the room and you'd like be fucking out, and mm. you'd literally walk out the room, shut the door, open the door again, walk back in it, it'd be gone. Yeah, like that. Yeah, not like a normal smell that would linger for ages. This no. would just be on and off. Yeah. Um, really, really fucking weird. They bring back. I mean, again, you know, this is what I know is that you know, even though we go home to, for a while in the shire and you. you you can still drink, you can still smoke, and either you can, you know, so you bring that back with you and you, and you smell it, mm. you bring it into the ether, 
uh, and and, it, and it's there. The smells are there. So they think, oh, and then you think, oh, granddad or so and so. But they bring the impressions. This is what happens. I think Dun- uh, Helen Duncan was a a battery, a tool uh, for this. Do you uh, think then, given what you've heard today, do you think she was? Because obviously you've heard of her before, and mm. then yeah, obviously you you thought that. Well, you you heard that she was a crook. Um, I mean, she was a pioneer. You know, as as, as you know, Lee, many pioneers they get shafted. Mm. Do you they, think they, she was? Get... Clo- do you think it was possible that she was closed down just because they didn't want to divulge in secrets? I, and also, you, you got the church in mm. them days again. You got the church. Well, I must which point... was a massive force. Not 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 such, not such massive and big now, but they're still big. But in them days, the church ruled. You mm. know, it's like yeah, and you can't do anything to. You know, you do anything to upset the apple cart with a church, you know, their beliefs and this and that. Yeah. Uh, it, obviously, she, she must have upset a very lot of people. Right, so well, the only way you can do is maybe shut her down for a while, see if she just goes away. But well, she, she didn't. didn't. No, she didn't. She, um, she came back, of course. Yeah, she got let out, and within a few months, she was up and running again. Yeah. You've got to remember that. Her husband was, um, her husband was disabled. Mm. Um if you like, she was the main breadwinner. She'd mm. she'd had she had six kids. She actually had eight kids and lost two before there was a year old. Mm. Um, so she started six kids. So she was the main breadwinner, if you like. Yeah. And so this was the way she made money. Mm. You know, this is how she made money. So she came out of jail and had to go back to work. Essentially, mm. she got six kids to feed and all the yeah. rest of it. She'd been she'd been in jail for eight months, whatever it was. So she went back to work and I think it was in 1956. So a few years after she got out of prison, but the family say she never really recovered. Mm. But in 1956, there was another raid on it. And this time she was mid trance by all accounts. She was mid trance when the police stormed in and, and basically pulled her out the cur- from behind mm. the curtain. And she actually suffered second degree burns from the ectoplasm. Mm. But the ectoplasm was actually out of her mouth when, the police raided and actually put got hold of her and tried to grab this ectoplasm and it actually did it gave her second degree burns right down the front of her chest. Mm. Now, does that sound like cheesecloth? No, no. But this is what happened it's to her. Energy and, and it's how you use it. She was let out of the room, uh, you know, under protest and all the rest of it, and she was physically um, drained at that point, and she died a few months after that. Mm. She just, she just really yeah. um, never recovered from that. Mm. And her family now, uh, there's a, a website. It's called HelenDuncan.org, and they're actually doing uh, like a petition on there to try and get a, a conviction quashed. Mm. To a name, a name cleared. A name cleared. Yeah. So they're actually. So I don't know if you anybody's interested. You go tell them, don't you? Actually, signed the petition on that website yeah. there. And if they get, I don't know how many signatures they need, but it's to actually. Get, you know, get the conviction quashed mm. because it, was it a fair trial? Probably not. Um, could they have convicted her on what she was doing? Absolutely. Mm. I don't think there's any question. They, if they believed that, that with this act being in, in power for mm. what it was, remember this is all this is saying is that you're making money from people pretending that you're conjuring up their dead relatives. That's right. what you're getting convicted mm. of. Now that's what she was doing. Yeah. So could she have been convicted of that? Absolutely. So whether you can whether you can quash that, I don't know. Was it a miscarriage of justice? Absolutely, mm. because she wasn't allowed to bring she in the witnesses. She wasn't allowed to do a sales. <laughs> you know? So she didn't force them people to come. She didn't force them no, to go in the room. No, they chose they, to come. They, they pay money of, to of their own yeah. free will, right? Yeah. And it was up to them to say, yes, it's it's rubbish or no um, it's the same now. Now, it's yeah, the same you, now. It's like it's, um, it's, it's it's blown now. Well, everybody now is a psychic medium. Yeah, well, Every, you go anywhere. I mean, in a couple of weeks, me and Lee, we're going to um, 
place in Barnsley. Um, the mind, body, spirit event. Now we're going to go. The stalls as lectures doing all day, yeah, yeah. and we're guaranteed. You know, I've got a few friends there, genuine friends, and I'll chat to them a good, you know, and catch up. But guaranteed, you're going to go there, and it'll be medium psychic, psychic readers. You know, tarot cards, tarot cards, and, and, yeah. You know all this, you know, and you know, and they'll they'll do the stuff, but they'll never get nicked for it. No, it's well, you know, like I say, that act has been. Uh, it's taken off the books now anyway so yeah. you can't get done yeah. for it but but I mean you can still get done for fraud can't you of if, course yeah, oh yeah it's fraud, proved absolutely fraud, prove it, but it's a fraud but anyway that's um, that's Helen Duncan in a nutshell yeah I, I can say I, I think I Pilot. thought it was interesting because I went into it thinking like normal you know and this is probably a load of crap and then I came out of it thinking well mm. there's some bits in there that I can't explain yeah. You know, the second degree burns from ectoplasm, which is meant to be cheesecloth. But it's not, it's, it's energy. Again, you, if, you know, if you look into metaphysics and how it works, you know, it's energy. She was a battery. She was a pioneer, the first, well, not I'm saying she wasn't the first, maybe, well, not, you know, but no. she was the one that was noticed. I mean, and she, she pushed it yeah. right back in the Absolutely. days but of the Romans. She and pushed it through. It. I mean, you, you can, you know, people say, oh, you know, you, get, you got the old woman, the old gypsy, and you got the crystal ball, it's all completely dark. And, yeah, you, know, yeah. like, you know, that's what people think. They are, mm. but she pushed it uh, actually not just to receive messages and give out them what they say. She also pushed it where she actually produced, gave the entity because what all, all she's doing, she's not, she's in a trance. They are using her solar plexus, her battery, to manifest the entities, spirit people to come yeah. through. You know, so they are using her as a tool. To manifest themselves, you know, and she was the middleman. Middleman, yeah, she was in between, and so, they used it. But yeah, so that's Ellen Duncan. So, uh, right, well, uh, thank you for uh, listening, and uh, yeah, obviously, um, I'll pop up from time to time, and I'll say it's. Uh, I hope uh, everybody has a good weekend or good week, and we'll, uh, absolutely, we'll see you on the other side. Yeah. Goodbye now. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back. Oh, my God.